This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the September 21st, 2017 edition of On the Daily, Rotoviz Podcast, brought to you by my bookie. I'm Heath Kruger. You could follow me on Twitter at HeathK, and my co host is none other, none other than Nick Giffen. You can find him on Twitter at Rotodoc. Nick, how's it going, and how was your week two in DFS? Hey Heath, I'm doing great. Uh, man, it's first of all, I just feel good. I'm, I'm getting some half marathon training here. I'm gonna be running the the Vegas Rock and Roll Half Marathon in November, and it just feels good to to, to exercise. So make sure you get out and, and get your half hour of exercise in a couple times a week. It feels really good. But uh, that said, week two was really good, really really good. I know week one was kind of. I would love a good deal. Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. I was very close with a lot of my skill position players, but totally missed defense. This week, I nailed defense and did pretty darn well on my skill position players. And it's funny because... When we did the show last week, I didn't mention Emmanuel Sanders, but as Thursday came around and Friday came around, and I, you know, I'm constantly digging into the slate. It's it just because we record this pod on Wednesday evening doesn't mean all of a sudden we're done giving our picks. That's why I recommend people follow you on Twitter and people follow me on Twitter because if you just listen to the pod, you're going to miss out on all the other stuff we put out throughout the rest of the week. Go over to Rotoviz, of course, sign up for a Rotoviz pass and check out all of the DFS articles. But uh, yeah, my thoughts changed a little bit, and, and not not changed like in terms of most of the plays that I recommended on the pod. But I also added in Emmanuel Sanders, and that was really a big boon to my weekend because I played him in sixty-seven percent of my million maker lineups. So uh, I did fifty, so like sixty-five or eight or whatever it rounds out to, like basically two-thirds of my my fifty. So that was a nice hit there. Nailed the defenses. Your call on the Chiefs was perfect. It got me on the Chiefs, and uh, so the Chiefs did great. The Ravens, who I was all over, did great, and those were my two heaviest-owned defenses. So I was really happy. I had a lot of sweats going into the afternoon games, and I tried to diversify my four or five different sweats in the Million Maker. I had about uh, three or four in the play action. And unfortunately, all of my afternoon games where I did some of these, you know, these late swaps and at least tried to diversify to make sure I had one lineup that would kind of crush it, 
pretty much every single one of them had one player that flopped, whether it was Doug Baldwin or Jimmy Graham. Uh, it might have been the Dolphins' defense in one or two of them, or the Rams' defense. Or you know, there was just a couple a couple players that just didn't quite put me over the top. Uh, and, and if they had, I would have had a great lineup. Now, I did have one lineup that was very good in the play action. Got me two, almost 202 DraftKings points, and I think I finished right around 200th place. But big shout-out to Todd from PA, who writes for Rotoviz and, and does a lot of podcasting. And uh, he actually ended up inside, I think it was the top 10 in the play action for a very nice score. So, uh, you know, good shout-out to, to Todd there. Great day. I mean, I, I had a good good weekend. It could have it been a lot better, but uh, I'm glad to be back in the positive after that that week one start there. Yep, I'm in the same boat as you. I it looked very promising in the morning, and really just kind of the the plays I had to really differentiate, and the and the plays I were hoping would come through. I, I I took care of I some Manny Sanders, so that really helped me make it so it wasn't. I had a slight loss, but n- nothing really significant. Um, but you know the Larry Fitz, Tyree Kill, certain guys like that really just kind of took some of my lineups that looked fairly promising and kind of put them in the tank. So, but no big deal. That's that's the variance of the game. That's what happens. We are on to week three. So before we get started here, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports the pod. So let's begin with our cash plays for this week, and we're going to start with the running back position, Nick. I have found a lot of guys that I like this week at the running back position, not necessarily all of them that are viable in cash, but a lot of options to where I think I could even see myself going three running backs this week. Um, where What running backs do you find yourself gravitating towards uh, thus far in your research? Yeah, I created my cash game lineup really early in the week, as I like to do, um, and, and then I kind of tweak it, and I ended up actually playing three cash game lineups this past weekend. Normally I play one, but... Uh, there was there was a couple extra guys I wanted to get in and cash as well and and I do very well in cash um, about eighty seven and a half percentile in one about seventy fifth percentile in the other and then the last was right around the fiftieth percentile but overall solid week in cash but this week I'm I'm probably sticking with one lineup and for the running back position I think you're right there's a lot of ways you can go. But for me, I thought the choices were pretty easy, um, and and I know there's going to be other options that you'll mention. At least I would think so, because there are there are plenty of you know plenty of options this week. Uh, but for me, the way I started was with uh, with Le'Veon Bell. He's 8,800, which is just a huge discount from where he's been. And the thing is, people are like, well, Le'Veon Bell's done nothing this year. He's done nothing. He's done nothing. Okay, yeah, I've heard it all the time. He's done nothing. Uh, and it's true. I mean, if you if you look at what was expected of him versus what he's done, he, he's only put up like 20.8 DraftKings points total when we're expecting that in one week from him. But now he's at a $1,000 discount. He hasn't been 8,800 since... Uh, November 20th of 2016. That's a span of, you know, about 12 games or something like that. And there's a reason he kept getting bumped up to 9,800, 10,000, 10,300, 10,500 even on DraftKings. And that's because he's damn good. And I get it. He's playing the Bears. The Bears haven't been, you know, haven't allowed a ton on the ground yet, but Le'Veon Bell gets a full complement of, you know, touches and opportunities. He had 27 rushing attempts against the Vikings, four targets caught all four of them. That's 31 opportunities. If you give me a player who has 31 opportunities 
all you need is a couple things to go right during those opportunities, and and he'll be a very good cash game play. So give me 31 opportunities at 8,800. I I expect him to get plenty of work against the Chicago Bears, who they're favored against, of course. Uh, And and it's just going to be, I think, a good situation here for Le'Veon Bell. At some point, he's going to come through and... You know, give me 30 touches. If he puts up 15 fantasy points, oh well. At least it's still a pretty damn high floor, uh, you know, for Le'Veon Bell there. And that efficiency is going to come around. He just played maybe one of the tougher defenses he'll face all year in the Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, there's there's at least an excuse for that efficiency, low efficiency number against the Vikings. I'm not so sure it will be that low against the Bears. I mean, the Bears... Last year, we're, we're around 20th in, like, if you just look at Football Outsiders DVOA metric, they're 20th against the rush. Uh, sorry, that was Cincinnati. I'm looking at Chicago. It was 29th against the rush. So teams were efficient against them last year. I know that this is this year, and we've seen actually some pretty good performances from the Bears' rush defense, but I'm not willing to commit all into the Bears. I mean, right now they face Jaquiz Rogers, and then they face the Atlanta tandem. And the Atlanta tandem was a little surprising, but it was also a brand new offense for them. So I'm willing to stick a little more to my prior, both on Le'Veon Bell and on the Bears' defense, and play Le'Veon Bell in cash. The next guy that I am looking at is Ty Montgomery in cash games, and I just think this is a situation where he's not, he should be priced as a stud, and he's priced 6900 on DraftKings on a full PPR site where he's had 10 targets, sorry, 11 targets over two games, as well as 29 combined rushes. So you add that up, that is just a ton of opportunity. Uh, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers, Jordy Nelson did practice on Wednesday today as we're recording this, but Randall Cobb did not. So we have to see how that situation plays out as well. It could mean a couple extra targets for Ty Montgomery, um, you know, this this week, I think. And, and it kind of played out if you compare week one to week two, at least. Obviously, Atlanta's a team you always want to go up against with a pass catching back. But he did have seven targets in week two versus week one, where he only had four. I don't know how much of that was personnel missing with with Nelson being gone so early, with Randall Cobb coming out very late in the game. But uh, just that workload is huge for Ty Montgomery. He's a workhorse back right now, and he's not priced like one yet. Finally, uh, just in terms of guys I'll name here, um, and I know, again, there's more cash game options, but but uh, Theo Riddick is a guy I really like. We always target this Atlanta defense with a pass catching back, and Theo Riddick should get plenty of volume against Atlanta. The other thing I like about Theo Riddick is, you, you know, you might look and you say, well, okay, he got seven targets in week one and three targets in week two, so that's an average of five, and then he's had 10 rushing attempts, so again, an average of five. He's only getting 10 opportunities a game. Well, they were ahead by quite a bit for most of those games, both of those games, if not the whole game, like, for example, with the New York Giants. So uh, I think, you know, this is a game against Atlanta where they very well could at least, if not be close, be behind. And I think that gives even more edge to playing Theo Riddick in this type of a game. So uh, I still want to target Atlanta with these pass-catching backs, and I think Theo Riddick will have a pretty high floor this week against Atlanta. I certainly can understand arguments against that given his current volume, but I I, I just feel like it's going to be one of those games where he might, you know, approach or even break through the double digit targets. And I really like targets on a full PPR site like DraftKings. Yeah, those are are great picks, Nick. I'm pretty much in agreement with with all those three. Those were the Three main ones I was looking at as well, um, especially Montgomery, 6900 I don't know why they haven't priced him up yet. Um, I thought he was far too cheap last week. Um, and, you know, he could have been priced around that 7K range, and he hasn't yet even reached it now. So 
yeah, just keep going back to the well while he remains so cheap for that, that workload he's seeing. A couple of names I just want to throw out um, that I think are in play uh, for cash this week. Devontae Freeman, 6,700, uh, taking on the Detroit Lions this week. I think a lot of people are getting the... I, I will just... It's. I'm not saying I'm speaking um, like an like an authority on this topic, but I think that Detroit Lions defense um, is a lot worse than it appears. Um, going up against the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Giants in the first two weeks, um, I think they are still very vulnerable, like we saw last season. And against this uh, high-scoring Atlanta Falcons de- offense uh, with Devontae Freeman, um, I think at a price of 6,700, he's got two touchdown upside. Um, he gets sees a, you know sees work in the passing game. Sees a lot of work on the ground, and I could definitely see the Falcons running away with this one. And Devontae Freeman, could, you know, just seeing a lot of work. So I think for that price, he's a he's quite the steal. And um, one more I want to throw out there, and I haven't heard a lot of talk about this guy this week. Um, Kareem Hunt for eight thousand. He's a little pricier, uh, but he's going up against the San Diego Chargers, who, while they have looked like a a fairly decent defense. Um, this def- when the Chiefs have played the Chargers uh, over the last two years in the last four matchups, um, the the starting running back for the Chiefs in those games um, sometimes the work was split between uh, Sharkandrick West and Spencer Ware, with Spencer Ware being the leaning back, and I think there was one instance of Sharkandrick West having um, a game to himself. The starting running back for the Chiefs scored twenty three point one, five point four, thirty two point nine, and twenty eight point six PPR points. In those matchups against the Chargers, this team is—I um, I think this Chiefs team is going to really uh, go into San Diego and try to control the ball like they always do, and I think they will win this game. And you know, for someone who can, the, the potential we've seen from Kareem Hunt so far for eight thousand, it's a little pricey, but I'm willing to go with him in cash this week. I like that call. Um, I'm totally fine with it in cash games. I mean, he—he's probably a top five fantasy back right now period in PPR and it might even be higher than top five Uh, just a couple numbers I want to throw out there about Kareem Hunt I talked a little bit about this on the numbers game actually quite a bit about this on the numbers game but uh, to date over two games he has 15.3 expected points and that's per game and that's when you uh you combine rushing and receiving expected points now that's only good for 12th among all running backs but but I expect that workload to continue to increase with as well as he's done. And then, you know, I mentioned 15.3 expected points per game. Well, he's put up 36.8 points per game in PPR. So that's 21.5 fantasy points per game over expectation. The next highest player is 9.8. So more than double the next highest player, which is Chris Thompson, who's had a couple of, you know, very long uh, touchdown plays there. So Kareem Hunt is just extremely efficient so far. I expect the efficiency, of course, to regress, but I also expect the opportunity to increase to offset that. Then you throw in San Diego, who we just saw CJ Anderson have, uh, sorry, um, sorry, uh, Jay Ajayi put up, uh, you know, over 100 rushing yards against and, um, you know, C.J. Anderson did well week one against them. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, you know, I think this is a, a very good situation for Kansas City. I'm totally with you there. Uh, Kansas City also has a great defense, which always helps a running back. And I think Phillip Rivers, we talked about this last uh, last week, I think, or at least I talked about it on Twitter, how Phillip Rivers has the last year had the second highest interception rate. I know interception rate isn't the most sticky stat, but if that were to continue, at least then that should benefit the Kansas City defense as well, which should in turn benefit Kareem Hunt. So I think there's more opportunity available here 
with Kareem Hunt. I really like that call. You know, he he probably should be priced up above eight thousand even, and uh, really good situation here. And Kareem Hunt again, just going back to a couple other metrics. Josh Hermsmeyer has talked about Kareem Hunt is fast. His in-game speed is fast relative to the other players in the same game. That first game against New England, Brandon Cooks, Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt were all right up there neck and neck. And Kareem Hunt actually made up the majority of the top eight fastest speeds, four, whereas you know Cooks and, uh, and Tyreek made up only two each of the top eight speeds. Then you also add in Kareem Hunt's elusivity uh, or breaking tackles and all that stuff, which Josh has also talked about with his college stats. You got a guy who is just a beast here. So I love, love, love Kareem Hunt. That's a great call, Heath. Thank you, Nick. Let's move on to the wide receiver position. So I have a lot. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of names down on my list as potential guys I like um, in GPPs this week. Um, in terms of the guy, is the guy circled for uh, my cash game lineup, though. I'm not 100% sure. I don't have a lot of names down. I'm not feeling all that great, which is kind of why I mentioned I was willing to go three running backs this week. Um, in my cash game lineup. Um, are there any names you're finding that you particularly like for, for cash this week? Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think it's a three running back week in cash uh, if you're playing on DraftKings. And uh, it's it's tough because the wide receiver position, it's either you know tough pricing, tough matchups, uh, just a whole bunch going on here. But I think there are some situations we possibly can take advantage of. And one of these we're going to have to keep an eye on, but I think Kelvin Benjamin in Carolina, we need to keep an eye on his injury. He did not practice on Wednesday uh, because of a knee injury. So we'll have to see going forward if Kelvin Benjamin is healthy. But if he is, I like him with Greg Olson out going up against the Saints. Uh, he should get plenty of volume because of that Greg Olson injury, which was quite unfortunate, but he had eight targets against Buffalo. I'd expect that to probably continue against New Orleans in a game where they'll, because New Orleans has such a good offense, I think they're probably going to have to throw a little bit more uh, than than maybe in the past couple games where they've shut down Buffalo and shut down San Francisco, held each of those teams to three points there in, for, for the Carolina Panthers. So kind of like Kelvin Benjamin, uh, Rashard Higgins is a name you can throw out there down at $4,000. I don't Again, I'm, I'm I'm nervous about this play because we've only seen one game from Rashard Higgins this year. Yeah, it was 11 targets, but I think there were some extenuating circumstances as well, as well that I probably will want to talk about in the GPP section. But he did have 11 targets, $4,000, no Corey Coleman. He should be expected to play, you know, a, uh, a full complement or a near full complement of snaps. And, of course, it's a pretty good matchup against Indianapolis. So uh, I think Rashard Higgins is in play in cash games as well. I've looked a couple other different directions, but it is, it's kind of a, I guess, a, a little bit of a gross week. You could you could argue Jarvis Landry in cash at 6,800 uh, with the amount of volume he saw in week one. But, I, again, I think that was another situation there with the Chargers where they have and I know Verrett was out, but they have good outside corners, and you do attack the Chargers over the middle. Uh, I've noticed with the slot receivers, with even sometimes the tight ends, that uh, you can attack the Chargers that way. So I'm not positive on Landry, somebody you want to keep an eye on. He also didn't practice on Wednesday, so tough, tough. DeAndre Hopkins is, again, the name that I think everybody was throwing around from the start when pricing was released. I tweeted about it. Uh, they're you know, 29 targets in in two games. It's just it's just massive. It's it's just a massive amount of work, and I think he's perfectly fine in cash games as 
excuse me, as well. So probably the last name on my radar there. We uh, There's always the concern that Bill Belichick will double team him or kind of game script him out of the game. Totally understand that. So I think he makes for an interesting GPP fade, I guess. But in cash games, you cannot ignore that volume. Yeah, definitely. And as was that a name I was considering, I guess, because I begun the week with GPP research. But yeah, Hopkins um, at his price definitely makes a lot of sense. Don't expect a high ceiling from him because... Um, just the passing game in Houston is not one that is conducive to a lot of high-scoring games, but you know, volume is volume, and for the price, I, I like them. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, I'm just really looking at particular matchups and hoping that something emerges as the week goes along. Kelvin Benjamin was a name that you know, with the, the Panthers taking on the New Orleans Saints, I noticed, but it's a it's a priced a little high, 6,700. Um, we know the volume could be there with no Greg Olson, but it's still difficult to really get behind fully. It, it it might be one that you just kind of have to go with simply because of just, you know, the expected volume is just too good. Um, I found myself looking at Redskins wide receivers, which didn't really, didn't, I wasn't all that, you know, uh, I, I guess to say happy about it, but Crowder at 4,900 was a name that caught my eye, even though he hasn't performed all that well with the hip injury the first two weeks. I think that's a guy um, in, a, in a very nice matchup against the Oakland Raiders, that could uh, yeah, very well pay off for that for that price, um, and then I'm hoping something with the the Packers opens up later in the week when we have more information about the injuries. Maybe Jordy Nelson or a Randall Cobb opens up. Um, if Jordy Nelson happens to miss this game, maybe Devontae Adams at 5600 isn't a terrible name. But, but yeah, essentially, I just find myself waiting for more information as the week goes along and hoping that I don't have to fall down to a matchup that I think I'm going to default to if. Um, if the clarity kind of you know, remains unclear going into Sunday, uh, the Buffalo Bills, you know, with Dem- Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders for fifty nine hundred and fifty eight hundred respectively, um, I might I might roll with them, even though I'm not that happy about it. That Buffalo defense looks uh, quite stout in the secondary, at least. So, yeah, I, I just find myself having a lot more questions than answers. Position. No, no doubt, and uh, I'm with you. You know, I looked at the Redskins wide receivers. Uh, I've looked at a bunch of different places. It's just, it's a really weird, weird week at the wide receiver position. I definitely think because of all the plays we talked about at the running back position. There's another one we didn't even mention, which is Isaiah Crowell. I mean, they're favored, and he's down there. Excuse me at uh, at 4700. Sorry, 4800 on DraftKings. Another guy you could consider in cash games. So. Just so many options at the running back position. I think uh, you know people have talked about Gillisley just because they think it's a ground game there for for New England in terms of of touchdowns. Uh, just just a lot of ways you can go in cash, and so I think it, it really does set up kind of as a three running back week in cash, and then you know playing a running back in the flex and cash, and the wide receiver position is is so gross. I think it just kind of adds to that. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on from that disgusting position. Let's move to a cheerier one, the quarterback position. I see a lot of guys that I like this week, uh, particularly some in some nice high-scoring matchups that um, I find for, for pretty reasonable prices. Who do you find yourself gravitating towards in uh, at the quarterback position this week? Yeah, so we talked about this on our Slack chat. I also tweeted this out earlier in the week, but uh, I plotted um, the the quarterback salary for each team against the implied team total, right? So like Matt Ryan, 7,100, and then their implied and team total is whatever it is at this point in time. But uh, when I plotted that, there were certainly some teams that popped out. One of them 
was Cleveland, which I think Deshaun Kaiser probably a little too risky for me in cash, even though I like paying down at the quarterback position. But the next one going up in price from there for me that really stood out was, uh, what's his name, um, Kirk Cousins there for my Washington Redskins. So I, I definitely like Kirk Cousins at 6,100. I think, you know, they've they've struggled the first two weeks. There's no doubt. But Oakland, I think, is the perfect, uh, you know, antidote to that. Uh, they, they should have to throw because they'll, you know, probably be in a close game. Oakland doesn't have the strongest pass rush. And we've seen Kirk Cousins put up big numbers before. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously I think he's played pretty close to his floor with the, the 11.8 and 13.6 fantasy points there. And uh, it's it's not great. But uh, when you compare, again, when you compare the, the team total versus the quarterback salary, Kirk Cousins stands out as one of the top values. Another value that stands out by that metric is the quarterback on the other side of the ball there, Derek Carr. And you definitely need to consider Derek Carr. Uh, He's been exceptional so far this year. Uh, 18.7 DraftKings points in the first game, 21.2 in the next game. Um, just super consistent, you know, his, his completion percentage this, this year is 75%. That's, that's outrageous as well. And he gets a great matchup against Washington the Washington defense that has not really been able to stop anybody last year. So far this year, they haven't been great at stopping teams as well. I guess they obviously did a little bit better against Jared Goff, you know, than they did against Carson Wentz in week one. But I kind of expect that because I think Wentz is a better quarterback by, you know, my my prospect model than Jared Goff. So wasn't a shocker for me. But uh, I think those two are kind of the two names I'm strongly considering in cash right now. I know some people will talk about Deshaun Kaiser and some people will talk about more expensive quarterbacks. So I'm curious to hear what other quarterbacks you got on your radar there. Yeah, those were the two names that I really came upon, and more focusing on on Cousins than Derek Carr, just because that price is so good at sixty one hundred for for Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I understand that the Washington offense is not one that's um, looked all that great for, through the first two weeks, but um, this is a Raiders defense that is quite vulnerable to the pass. Um, we can expect the Raiders offense to put up a lot of points, and in those games to where two opposing offenses really got to slug it out. Um, it just makes for great fantasy games. They're games that you want to target, and you typically don't get a quarterback in one of those games for so cheap. So um, if I, I think I'm just going to roll with them 100%. But I think there's one more name I'd throw out there, um, just as a potential you know, safety net kind of thing. If you really don't want to target this game, I think Matt Ryan for 7100 He's a little pri- He's priced up a little bit more, um, but I, I think he's a perfectly safe option with a nice ceiling against the Detroit Lions secondary, I think is... It looks a lot better um, than they than they truly are. So if you want to go that route, um, I'm completely fine with that as well. But I, I think I'm going to focus a lot more on this Washington Oakland. Yeah, I can I can see that. I think again, I like paying down at quarterback, and I'd actually for cash games if if we're going to target that, that Atlanta Detroit game, I think I'd rather have the quarterback on the other side of the ball there in cash. Matthew Stafford, the dude is averaging 21 DraftKings points so far this year, playing at home. Uh, should have to throw again against Atlanta in a game where it'll be much more competitive than when they were playing Arizona or playing the New York Giants. And so I kind of like Matthew Stafford down there at 6,200. I think he should get, you know, probably a very similar range of outcomes to Matt Ryan. Uh, Maybe not as high of a ceiling, but I think that's okay when we're talking about cash games and he's at a $900 discount. So I'm with you. I'm targeting, I'm targeting those two games, really the Atlanta Detroit and the uh, Oakland Washington as my early eyeballs for cash games at quarterback. Great stuff, Nick. All right, let's move on to the 
final position we're going to cover for our cash game plays, the tight end position. So I have a, a list I'm pretty confident in, but I will say it's a short list, um, not one that I'm um, you know really going to be able to play like a double tight end type of thing. But uh, yeah, let's see if you have different names in mind. Why don't you start us off with the, the tight end position? It's interesting. I love tight end this week, especially in GPP. We'll talk about that. But I think I'm with you. I'm, I'm shortening my list a little bit in cash games. And there's really, I think, two, three names I'm considering. The The first one that I really like is Zach Ertz. Um, obviously, the New York Giants struggle against the tight end position. That's well known. And uh, Ertz has just been a PPR machine. And I love him at $5,000 on a PPR site. You know, you look last week, you should have had one of his tougher matchups of the year. I know Eric Berry was missing for Kansas City, but Ertz still had 10 targets, 5 receptions, 97 yards. And I know one of those was basically the biggest fluke in the history of football. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if you, if you missed that play, go find it on highlights. But uh, it's still, I mean, Zach Ertz is the man there in Philly. He's going to get you know, probably a floor of 7 targets every week at this point in time. And $5,000, you just have to like that price tag for somebody who's going to see that much volume and has been as good as he has been. Another name there is Eric Ebron. I think no-brainer, again, in cash games or or GPPs. Uh, 3300 facing Atlanta. Atlanta struggles against the tight end. They struggle against pass-catching backs. They struggle against the slot. Uh, it's it's you know There's a lot of fantasy goodness against Atlanta through the air. So I certainly think Eric Ebron 3300 is in play. And then finally, one other name that I think merits a mention for cash games is actually Jack Doyle. I think people probably think of him more as a GPP play, and I understand that. Um, Doyle, obviously, I don't think people get super excited about him, but he is $3,600 this week on DraftKings. Just had eight targets and caught all eight of them for 79 yards against Arizona. And now he plays a Cleveland team that has been just uh, really bad against the tight end position so far. So the question is, will he put up that that amount of volume again? Uh, that remains to be seen. Obviously, week one, he didn't put up that kind of volume. So I understand getting away from him in cash games. But he is still a name on my radar for cash games right now. Yep, you pretty much just hit my list right down the line. Uh, with the exception of one name, I think it's a little... It's a little far off, but just because of the significant discount you get on him, I think I'd be okay with it. Um, and that's uh, Jared Cook. Excuse me. Sorry, I was looking at a different name. Jared Cook for 3100 Um I understand Cooper and Crabtree are there, um, and they will likely draw the majority of the volume, but he has been really seeing a decent amount of targets. And against this Washington team that is vulnerable in the middle of the field, um, they gave up the eighth most fi- uh, fantasy points on average to the tight end position in 2016. Um, I think Jared Cook for 3100 uh, makes this kind of like a nice punt play if you really want to pay up um, at the wide receiver or running back position this week. Yeah, I, I can I can get on board with Jared Cook, but for me, and maybe it should be Jack Doyle too. They're kind of more GPP players. I still like Jack Doyle in cash games. Um, I think Jack Doyle is maybe should in the long run have more consistency. I know they've had 11 targets each and Doyle's was eight and three versus Cook six and five. But um, right now the the Indianapolis Colts just don't have anything going on at the quarterback position. Jacoby Brissett, I think they're probably going to have to check down quite a bit. You're right. Both of those matchups are very good. I just, for me, Jared Cook sets up as a GPP play. 
Um, one of those guys who could, you never know when he could erupt for a touchdown and 80, 90 yards and four or five catches, something like that. Even potentially break 100 yards or maybe potentially get a two touchdown game. I think it's probably less likely in Oakland than maybe it's been in the past with like Green Bay, even though Green Bay had a lot of receivers as well. But I think Jared Cook definitely has has a couple touchdown upside. But I think for me right now, he he is probably a GPP play. And I'm not sure what it is about Doyle that makes me like him better for cash than than Jared Cook, but I just have this feeling that, uh, you know, the volume should be there for Jack Doyle, but I, I can't, I actually, honestly, I can't make a very good argument for Doyle over Cook and Cash, but but uh, it's just one of those things that it feels like it, but I can't really pin my finger on it. So maybe I should, maybe that's something I should, I should rethink there, but I'm definitely, uh, definitely on Ebron and um, who's the first guy? Oh, Ertz there, I mentioned in Cash. I think they're I definitely think they're probably the the no-brainers for cash, uh, and it all comes down to your roster construction and, and and how it works. Obviously, Ebron is priced cheaper than than Jack Doyle, so maybe Doyle is the GPP pivot. A lot of discussion there. I think um, you know we got four names here. I think all are viable. It's just a question of which are more viable in cash than GPP, and I'm definitely re-questioning my uh, my Doyle take just because I I think Jared Cook is more of a GPP play, and I can't really. Again, as I mentioned, give any reason better for for Doyle over Cook and Cash. Yeah, I think I think the answer is Ertz there, but we we like to give multiple options to kind of help you out. If you know, say you want to pay up a running back and you don't want to go with a theoretic at the running back position, just give you give you some options. Let help you out there with your lineup. But all right, let's move on to our next segment, Nick. Contrarian corner. So some of our top contrarian plays, any position where you're really looking to to leverage. Um, uh, and, you know, gain some separation from the field um, at any various positions. Do you have any right off the top of your head you just want to uh, get the ball rolling with? Sure. I mean, I think paying up at wide receiver this week is super interesting. We we didn't mention any of them in cash games. We didn't mention Julio, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, uh, Mike Evans. None of those guys we mentioned. And I think all of those are, are potentially good GPP plays. I don't worry about matchup too much. Uh, with any of these studs, especially if there's not like a super standout matchup. And I don't think any of these guys really have a super standout matchup. Um, I think, you know, Antonio Brown probably might be the lowest owned of the guys I just mentioned in that highest uh, tier. But I also really like Julio Jones in GPP. He's on the turf and he is a has much more upside on the turf. Even on the road, he has more upside. So, uh, I just that Atlanta Detroit game. I love that game in general. I think there's a ton of GPP goodness there. I mentioned Theo Riddick, but I also think Golden Tate is a guy who could go overlooked with the Eric Ebron love, with the uh, with the um, Theo Riddick love. Some people might even be on Amir Abdullah because of the way uh, Atlanta's allowed rushing touchdowns this year. But Atlanta struggles against the slot, too. Don't forget that. And Golden Tate's been playing a good plurality, even majority of his routes out of the slot there. So, you know, I think he's probably going to be less than 10% owned. I like that play. I love stacking this game. And Golden Tate makes for a great stack and a a great kind of, I guess, pivot off of of, um, uh, Ebron there. I think a lot of people will be on Ebron. But if Ebron doesn't put up the numbers, somebody's got to. And and it certainly could be Golden Tate. You can obviously double stack and, and things like that. I have no problem double stacking Ebron and Golden Tate as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely think for me that that Tate is the play if you're not going to uh, use Ebron in your lineup and still want to get exposure to that game. I even think Marvin Jones could be higher owned just because of all the air yards he saw last week and uh, 
you know, uh, he still needs to catch those. He did not catch those. I was, I had maybe the greatest sweat of all time this past weekend with Marvin Jones. I was, uh, I was up by 10.5 points in a high stakes, you know, main event FFPC league. And Marvin Jones caught that early touchdown for 9.7 PPR points. So I was only up by 0.8 and he didn't do anything the rest of the game. You know, I was like midway through the first quarter and I had three and a half quarters to sweat. He didn't get anything else. And there, he had a couple long bombs. He just didn't catch. But, uh, I think, I personally think Golden Tate is the guy to kind of pivot to here. Another name I want to throw out, and I have to talk about him. I'm obligated, contractually obligated by rotaviz.com that uh, I need to talk about Kenny Britt. And I know I'm getting all the Kenny Britt hate, and I deserve it. He's done jack shit so far. But, but, let me throw a couple things out here. Week one, he dropped a wide open pass that he could have taken to the house, and we wouldn't even be talking about this. Week two... He faced the toughest, in my opinion, the toughest secondary in the league. I've mentioned multiple times about how Baltimore spent the most in free agency on defense. Draft capital was one of the top two or three teams in terms of NFL draft capital. Uh, I think they selected either their first three or first four picks all on the defensive side of the ball. They had the best safety tandem in the league. And, and so the thing is, Baltimore, when you look at where the targets have gone against them, Many more targets have gone to the slot than to the outside receivers. And I know Corey Coleman got seven targets against Baltimore, but he did nothing with them. Uh, Kenny Britt got minimal targets, and uh, obviously Higgins got plenty of targets. But I don't think we know as much as we think we know about this situation here in Cleveland. It's it, They've got a great matchup against Indianapolis, so I think... I'm less worried about the outside coverage on the outside corners there. Uh, Just the efficiency that Baltimore allowed to the slot is much higher, not just the volume, but the efficiency than the outside as well. So I think it was just the perfect storm against both Corey Coleman and Kenny Britt. Coleman did nothing with his targets, seven targets or eight targets or whatever it was, one reception uh, before breaking his hand. And I just think this is the week where everybody's going to be on Rashard Higgins, probably 15% owned in GPPs, and I don't think we actually know as much as we think we do about Higgins, about uh, you know how this this Cleveland offense will do against a, a tougher defense, or sorry, an easier defense, especially one that's easier on the outside there. So I, Kenny Britt's probably going to be one percent owned because everybody hates him right now, and Higgins is going to be fifteen percent owned. Not saying go bananas on Kenny Britt. But 5%, 8%, 10%, in that range, depending on your risk tolerance, I'm totally fine with. And then going underweight on Higgins. So um, I've got more GPP plays, maybe the tight end position. I can come back after you give a couple more of yours here there, Heath. Yeah, I, I like those names. And I, you know, I'm with you. I don't really want to play Kenny Britt, but uh, I, I have to. It's just, if you're from Rotovis, you, you just got to play him at least. Give him a little more time than that. Um, well, yeah, and like you have to stick with your statistical prior yeah. for until you have enough evidence to not to. And I don't think we have enough evidence with Britt yet. Two games, one against the toughest defense in the league, one where he dropped a pass that he could have taken to the house and we'd be com- talking completely different. Um, I, you know, I, I know we have the preseason game evidence there with Kaiser as well where he didn't really target him as much as Coleman. But Coleman's out now. We don't know what's going to happen with Coleman out. There's too much unknown to say Kenny Britt is worthless. So, again, don't go crazy on him by any means. I'm not going to go crazy on him, but I just think at 1% owned, there's there's probably enough upside here given the situation, given the amount of uncertainty, given the matchup, 
play him 3%, 5%. You're going to be overweight, and if he hits, you're, you're going to be happy with at least a, a small chunk of your list. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, a couple more names that I had in mind. Um, number one, um, the guy I really found myself liking uh, early on in my GPP research, Devontae Parker um, at 6,300. I take it on the Jets. He's a little priced up, but... Um, the amount of targets and air yards he saw from Jake Cutler last week, nine targets, 171 air yards, just kind of ridiculous for a one-week sample. Um, really, he Jake Cutler was pushing the ball downfield and was trying to get Devontae Parker involved early and often. I think this is a spot to where against this New York Jets team, I think everyone's going to be on Jay Ajayi, as it makes a lot of sense. Um, but... Um, going across, you know, uh, this is the second road game before they go to London next week. I think this could be a game to where uh, it is closer than we uh, necessarily think before the game begins. Um, and if so, we can see Devontae Parker being involved in the passing game. And I don't think this Jets secondary is really able to stop Parker if um, Cutler is able to make that connection with him. So 6,300, I, I like it. Um, and I, I see a fairly low ownership percentage in his future. And then one more uh, just kind of thrown out there. Um, it's really a, a great price play and one that I'm just taking off of potential volume and a nice matchup. Um, Darren Sproles for 3900 He played uh, 54 snaps, a LeGarrette Blunt and Wendell Smallwood combined. Barely saw 20 snaps last week um, in, a tough, in a matchup against a, a tough New York Giants defense, especially against the run. I see them throwing a lot more um, than they necessarily would. And um, if Darren Sproles is able to just kind of you know take a take one to the house uh, at a price of thirty nine hundred, I think that's a, a fine return unless you kind of spend up to get that Antonio Brown this week, who I think will be um, under own you know relative to just the roster construction. It just doesn't really um, really fit um, since you're going to be paying up for a lot of the big running backs. So yeah, Darren Sproles is a name that I think I'm going to be looking at as well. Interesting, I like it. Uh... I have a couple other names here, and obviously Jared Cook I mentioned when we talked about cash games. I think he's a great GPP play. Martellus Bennett, we can't neglect him. I know he has maybe disappointed uh, DFS players so far, but his upside is still there. This is still a Green Bay offense that can score points, and yes, he's only had, uh, you know, I think it's uh, 17 combined fantasy points through two games. But he's seen 17 targets. He just hasn't caught them. But, you know, we just need a touchdown or two touchdowns. And if if either Randall Cobb is ailing or if Jordy Nelson's ailing, again, just like with Ty Montgomery, there's extra targets to go around. And maybe they don't go to Montgomery. Maybe they go to Bennett. Maybe they go to Adams. Who knows? But, but they go somewhere. And I, I think because nobody is happy with Martellus Bennett right now in terms of their fantasy production from him, he's going to go super low owned. But... 26.5 team total. Again, I always look at team total with tight end position because it correlates strongly with upside. Then you have a matchup against Cincinnati where they allowed the most targets and the second most yards to the position last year, the tight end position. I think Martellus Bennett is a very interesting GPP name. And one other guy I wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about yet, and uh, this is a running back position name. I didn't, didn't mention any running backs, I guess, when I was talking initially there with Tate and with, with Britt. But uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think, again, I'm just, I'm just going to keep going back to the Christian McCaffrey well. But this is the Saints' defense, and 
Greg Olson's out. So what's going to happen here, especially if, if Kelvin Benjamin's ailing? I like I mentioned I like Kelvin Benjamin in cash, but maybe he's ailing enough that he's not super effective. Are we really going to have all these targets go to Devin Funchess? They're going to have to do something. Um, and I think Christian McCaffrey could get plenty of work. We've seen running backs uh, catch tons of passes against the Saints. And McCaffrey gets groundwork too. So, uh, you know, James White was a very solid play last week. So was Burkhead. Um, we saw week one with New Orleans that you know, Dalvin Cook was a fine play. And, and I think Christian McCaffrey will be overlooked this weekend as well. Relatively speaking, I, I guess I would say there. I mean, I think people will still be on him, but I just love him. And I don't, I don't think he's going to be super low owned or anything like that. But I think he's going to be probably under owned compared to what he should be. So I like that play as well. Finally, we didn't mention any, I don't think I mentioned at least any uh, quarterback plays here. Uh, I'm kind of looking through the list and, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, will probably be low-owned. So I like him in cash. I like him in GPPs. I think Cam's going to go over-owned. I kind of like fading the pass game there outside of McCaffrey in Carolina. So I know that's not really a contrarian play, but it might be a contrarian mindset to fade that pass game there. Uh, Other than that, I'm probably going pretty chalky at the quarterback position this week. I can maybe entertain Deshaun Kaiser. I can maybe entertain even Alex Smith. But, uh, you know, I I think some people probably be on Trevor's Excuse me, Trevor Simeon, but uh, I'm probably going pretty chalky outside of, I guess, Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. Uh, pretty chalky at the quarterback position this week, except fading Cam Newton. Great stuff, Vic. Let me throw out one more name just to kind of pick your brain on this before we do move on. Uh, the situation in Tennessee with DeMarco Murray, um, he has yet to practice. And with, with what we saw from Derrick Henry this week, it will be a tough matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. But what do you think about Derrick Henry for 5,300 if he does see work without Darren, uh, DeMarco Murray in the lineup? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not I'm not sure what to make of it if DeMarco Murray's out. It's still a, as you mentioned, a tough matchup. But it is a little easier to run on Seattle, I guess, than to throw on them. And uh, Derek Henry will get a full complement of snaps. He should be low-owned. Um, I don't hate it. I certainly don't hate it. And I mean, let's look at let's look at another guy, C.J. Anderson, this past weekend. And I'm I'm using this as a kind of a example for Derek Henry. C.J. Anderson, I think, was like 4,800 or something like that. This is a guy who got a full complement of essentially workload, snaps, things like that. I mean, he, he probably ceded a few targets to to Jamal Charles there, but not a ton. He still had three targets against Dallas, a full complement of rushing, and was in the winning Million Maker lineup for only 4.5% ownership. When you get a workhorse back or a near workhorse back in all facets of the game, like C.J. Anderson for that price, should probably be on him more than 5%. And I think that was a mistake for me. It was very sharp by guys like Condia, who was near the top of the board, one of the all-time greats in DFS. And, and all those people who ended up in the winning, or winning you know, the Millionaire Maker or getting near the top of the Millionaire Maker, they had C.J. Anderson. Super sharp play. And I think there's some merit to playing Derrick Henry maybe above that 5% mark, maybe 10%, something like that, 8%, 10%, because I think he'll probably be around 5% owned because of that perceived bad matchup with Seattle. But if he gets that full compliment, um, I'm okay with it. I just, I, I think Seattle's probably a little, a, a little, 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 little tougher maybe than Dallas, <laughs> you know, like with CJ Anderson versus Dallas last week. But uh, that's just my two cents there. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on to the next topic. But before we do, 
We have a message from our friends over at Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try our new favorite app, Draft. Here's how it works. You do a draft, lasts for just one week, no management, just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last minute injuries. Draft starts every couple minutes. You can one right now. And the best part, Play for cold, hard cash. Draft starts from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come join me at Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store. Join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whichever you would like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code, RV Radio. That's right, play a real money game for just using our promo code, RV Radio, on your first deposit on draft. Just search draft in the app store, go to playdraft.com, and play for free with promo code RV Radio. All right, Nick, let's get into our draft segment of the show. You are 2 0. You are thoroughly routing me here, but I think this is a week which I can make a comeback. So, it just so happens this week, I am first up, so I will make my first here, and I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to start at a running back. I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt as my first pick. Man, I like that pick, but uh, I have to stick with my cash game play at running back, and that is Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to take another cash game pick of mine, Ty Montgomery, as my uh, back-to-back picks there on the turn. Right, so I'm going to go with... For my first quarterback, my only quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And then for my next pick, I will go with Julio Jones. Yep, I like that Julio Jones pick there. Um, I'll take two of the the wide receivers I have projected pretty well. I'll take A.J. Green against the Green Bay Packers, which I think is a good matchup. And I'll take Antonio Volume Man Brown. I like uh, getting the volume either with Le'Veon Bell or with Antonio Brown, if not both. Great picks. All right, so let's let's round it out. I need one more running back and one more wide receiver end. So for the running back, I am going to go with. Let's see. I'm going to go with Devonta Freeman, and then uh, for my final pick here, I'm going to go a little out of the box here, and I'm going to go with Zach Ertz. Freeman and Ertz. I don't mind that. It. Uh... It's certainly a good play. So I'm on the clock here. Last pick, Mr. Irrelevant. And this is going to surprise you because I have a quarterback left. I'm not going Tom Brady, not going Drew Brees, not going Derek Carr, not going Cam Newton. Matthew Stafford is my GPP pick here for our head-to-head. I think he's got pretty substantial upside this weekend. All right, perfect. Okay, let's see if I can finally get my name up on the board what you, here. Let me, let me get your thoughts on that Stafford pick. I mean, I know it's a head-to-head, so it should be more cash gamey, but mm-hmm. uh, what do you think? Well, I, I certainly see the Lions um, having to uh, throw a lot more than they've had to in the first two games, which is always a, a good thing for Matthew Stafford. Um, however, the, the one thing I'm worried about Matthew Stafford is his record in games against 500 teams. 5-46. and 46. That is the one thing that really has me holding back a little bit from going all in on Stafford this week because I think much like the Oakland and Washington game, um, this uh, Atlanta-Detroit game should be one similar. However, I am a little scared of what is going to happen to this offense when they do fall behind. Um, yeah, very yeah. interesting. Good, good, good point there. I uh, I don't know. I don't know if necessarily know if he plays worse against. 
over 500 teams or if that's uh, just because those other teams are good. But I'm curious about his fantasy points against those over 500 yes. teams. Yes, yes, very true. And, that, and that's the thing I, I find myself as well. It's um, it, it's it's more of I see Desmond Trufant um, doing very well against uh, Marvin Jones. Um, I, I haven't seen this Lions team really pressing the ball downfield with the exception of the plays here and there to, to Kenny Galladay. Um, and, I, and I think against tougher matchups, I think they might be a little flustered um, trying to really focus on only Golden Tate, Theo Riddick, and if they involve him, Amir Abdullah. I don't know. It, it, this Falcons defense, it's one that I was not all that scared of last week going against the Green Bay Packers, and they really proved me wrong there. So, um, so yeah, it's... I, I wouldn't say it's as significant as, you know, defense as, as somewhere like, because I do plan on playing Stafford. It's just, I think he's going to be near the bottom of the list in terms of my ownership percentage for the quarterback position. There you go. Good points. All right. So let's move on to our next segment, Nick. Defenses. So I think me and you, we really kind of just mashed defense last week in terms of our picks. I, I you know, we hit the Chiefs, the Ravens. I think we had one more that, that, that did fairly well as well, but this is a new week, so we're, uh, yeah, let, let's get started off, Nick. Who are some defenses you have on your radar this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, once again, pretty excited about the defense position. Uh, I just, I like crushing the defense, and um, there's a couple plays that I guess I like more in cash than, than GPP, et cetera, et cetera, but... I cannot get off this Kansas City defense. Uh, you mentioned them last week. They're the same price as last week. They face the Chargers now. I know it's on the road, but it is a divisional opponent in Phillip Rivers. They've seen them plenty of times. They kind of know, can know what to expect here. So uh, I think they're going to be low-owned again. They were low-owned last week. They're going to be low-owned again this week. I'm just waiting for one of, whether it's Thomas or, or Tyreek Hill to take a return to the house, get a pick six, something like that. Kansas City defense, just mash them, mash them, mash them. Just mash them in, mash them in a GPP, just play them. But if you're looking for maybe more of a cash game option, I think everybody's all over the Philadelphia defense. Eli has done nothing this year. Uh, Philadelphia's defense has been very good. So I think they're a pretty obvious like cash game kind of defense, and they're priced down, which is nice at 3000 you know, they're not priced up at 3800 like New England, who I think people will be all over. And then I'm going to throw out one I think is super, probably maybe a little too contrarian, but I think is interesting. And that's the Carolina Panthers. They are home against New Orleans. And I just, uh, you know, the people say they've been good this year, and they have. They've, they have been good. They've allowed six points total. But I think they're going to go... 1% owned, 2% owned top, something like that because of New Orleans, the perceived difficulty of New Orleans. But what has New Orleans done this year? They struggled against New England. Uh, I mean, that's 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 kind of what they did. They struggled against Minnesota, who admittedly is a better defense. But, uh, you know, I think they're facing another decent defense. And if they get in a situation they have to throw, then Carolina certainly has a chance to, to make a couple of interceptions uh, and, and things like that. And this, you know, the spread is in their favor. Carolina's currently a six-point favorite, and people look at that for defenses, but I think they're not going to look at it because it's New Orleans. So uh, it's a super contrarian GPP-only play, but uh, I kind of like it. Yeah, definitely. That, that's one that's off the radar. I did not think of that one, but I, but I do like it. As that, you know, like you mentioned, that New Orleans offense has been struggling a little bit. Out, outside of Michael Thomas, um, there haven't really been a lot of guys yeah. who have been coalescing all that well. And they, with and they still, still don't have Willie Sneed for this last week here. 
Yeah, yeah, and that and that Panthers defense has spectacular. They, that's what's really been winning the game for the Panthers. Oh yeah, a couple a couple more. I, I love the Chiefs D, love the Eagles D. I love that Panthers do. I might have to sprinkle them in. Two more. I just want to throw out there. Uh, the Vikings defense for 3,300 against the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston is a guy who has been known to throw an interception or two, and that's really what you're looking for from your defense. The Vikings are at home in this one, um, and if they could just get a couple of turnovers, really uh, turn the other way and a couple of scores, it's you know it's a you don't take much to to uh, have a winning defense in DFS, and I, I think they are a, a nice contrarian play. And then the Steelers' defense is one. Um, it's a little pricier for thirty-four hundred, but one I think in this matchup that um, that they have been showing well over the first couple weeks against a Mike Glennon turnover-prone Bears offense. I think they could uh, be in a nice spot too to be able to um, really really pay off a little more elevated. So I'm not going to have a ton of them. Um, yeah, I think I'll be a lot more on the you know the Chiefs' D and the Eagles' defense, but one I think I'm going to sprinkle in there as well. It's the Steelers' defense. Yeah, no doubt. And I want to give a, a quick shout out to Fantasy Labs as well, because I have a, a model on there that I use for defense that, that gets me a lot of good defensive plays. And Pittsburgh actually shows up as number one in my defensive model there. So I like that call, Heath. Yeah, great stuff. All right, let's move on to the stacks and correlations play segment of the show. Um, so stacks, if you want to kind of start building from there and, and really just um, stack a certain game or two, and maybe even just a quarterback wide receiver play. Who are the, the stacks that you find yourself um, liking this week in DFS? Kirk Cousins to Terrell Pryor. That is, I think, going to be one of my favorite stacks this week. We've seen what Pryor can do. He hasn't done it this year. We saw game one. He got a lot of targets. Not only a lot of targets, a lot of air yards. Uh, so when you combine the two, just a huge opportunity rating there for, for Pryor. And I think this is a week where against Oakland, again, they're going to have to throw the ball. Oakland maybe not as strong as as the Eagles, of course, that they faced. Uh, even the Chargers with with you know Tr- uh, Tremaine Johnson there that uh, you know played most of his snaps against Terrell Pryor. That is gonna it should be a little bit easier of a matchup. I know you know Oakland doesn't have the worst corners in the world or anything like that, but I do think this is probably possibly the easiest matchup that uh, you know Pryor's faced of the three so far. So I certainly like that stack. Love stacking the Detroit Atlanta game. Basically, all stacks, especially if they include either Riddick or Ebron or Tate. I really like those stacks, and you're going to get you know Stafford at uh, a chalky ownership. But I think if you can stack them with Tate, maybe then uh, I think you'll get a little bit of a a nice stacking discount in terms of ownership percentage because wide receiver ownership is just so spread out and. Uh, I think you know as far as stacks, I'm I'm kind of really gravitating towards. I mentioned the Oakland Washington game. You could run the the Washington game back with Jared Cook. We talked about that. Certainly don't mind running running it back there with Jared Cook. Uh, obviously, you know you could you could stack Aaron Rodgers with any of his receivers. You get a nice ownership discount on Martellus Bennett. But if any of those Green Bay Packers miss, then those other guys should get. Uh, Plenty of ownership, or sorry, plenty of uh, uh, some target benefit there. You know, for example, if Cobb misses or if Jordy misses, I don't think it's likely Jordy misses given any practice. But if Cobb misses, then I think you probably get a little bit extra benefit there to those other guys. So certainly stacking Green Bay, um, and then really you just need to keep an eye out on some injury situations. There's plenty of injury situations this week that are. A, a little uncertain, I guess. Um, you know, obviously we've got the the situation. Speaking of uncertainty, the situation there in Cleveland that we don't really 
know about how certain it's going to be. So um, I'm just, I know I'm really gravitating towards those two games and I've had, I think I'll get a better grip, uh, grasp, I guess, of this slate as I move forward. I just don't love a lot of these matchups, I guess. You know, there's some stack potential against the New York Jets. Uh, you, you know, we didn't mention Jay Cutler. There's certainly stack potential against the New Orleans Saints if you want to go the Cam Newton route. But uh, again, this is a game that I like fading Cam Newton a bit. Maybe Alex Smith to to a guy like Tyreek Hill. I know, I know, Alex Smith against the Chargers is probably a tough sell there. It, it's gross. It's a gross week. It's a gross week for stacks, and that's why I keep gravitating back towards these two games. Yeah, yeah, I, I find myself in the same boat. Um, the, the particularly the, the the call you have with the Carolina Panthers, I thought, well, you know, it's one of those spots to where particularly the, the matchup is just so nice. Maybe we could just throw Cam Newton in there, but like you'd mentioned, Fantasy Labs, fantastic. Um, they have Cam Newton as one of the higher owned quarterbacks of the league or uh, of the week, excuse me, uh, which I found pretty surprising. And if you're going to take him at a high ownership percentage. Which, which the way he's looked, um, I think I'd rather just kind of gravitate towards towards the other two games and, and really take just the easy money with, with Kirk Cousins, like you mentioned, Kirk Cousins, Terrell Pryor, maybe a little Jameson Crowder in there as well. I think that's going to be the one I'm, I'm really focusing on. And, you know, kind of like we, we mentioned in the earlier, I'm not opposed to Deshaun Kaiser, Kenny Britt. Um, I think that's one that's going to be a little sneaky. It's definitely going to open up a lot of a lot of room in salary against a very poor Colts defense. Um, and what I could you know throw in there, I'm not going to have a, a ton of it, but even if like you know five six percent, I think that's a that's a perfectly play. Yeah, I mean it's it's something you're doing three to five percent for sure. And then if you do that, Deshaun Kaiser, Kenny Britt route, you're probably going pretty chalky because you probably already have a a pretty unique lineup. You know what I mean? Great stuff, Nick. Let's move on to our final segment of the show. But before we do, the fantasy football world, Nick, it's a lot like the sports world. Everyone's looking for advice. You know, they're looking for advice on who they should play, which side to bet, you know, all that. But for some reason, people never ask where they should be betting. It's just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. Mybookie has always been, they've been in the business for years. Their reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. They have the fastest payouts as quick as two business days. If you listen to us, you do the research, you put forth the effort, you know who's going to win, right? So why don't you lay some cash down and win big today? So I used my bookie just last weekend. Um, I had a, had a fantastic bet. I did not win that one. But uh, it's not going to stop me from going in and taking the easy money this week on the Green Bay Packers. Just a little hint there. That's why I'm urging you to all go to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site, my favorite part, that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus. Just use promo code RODONFL to activate the offer. Also, if you sign up this month with the Roto NFL promo code, and then forward a copy of that sign-up confirmation to rotovizradio at gmail.com. You'll be entered into a drawing for a limited edition Rotoviz Radio jacket. It's the one we all as authors get every year. It's fantastic. I just I love collecting them at this point, and you could have one too. So just go sign up at MyBookie, deposit money, and then forward us your email confirmation, and we'll announce the winner on a future episode. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win you get paid. Oh All right, man, so- Heath, those Rotoviz pullovers are going to be sweet. We just put in the order. 
gray, light gray with a bright red logo, root of his logo. You're going to love him, so make sure you enter that uh, that contest by signing up over there at my bookie and making your first deposit. Email us at rotovizradio@gmail.com, and you might win one of these sweet rotoviz pullovers. Yeah, those pullovers are going to be great, just great stuff. I, I I love them. I love collecting all of them. All right, Nick. Let's move on to the final segment of the show: the theories, the bets, the Vegas lines. You know, just kind of the 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 grab bag here at the end. So. You know, what are some of the lines and maybe some bets that you're uh, planning on making this weekend or really just some interesting facts about uh, from what you've seen uh, thus far this week uh, for week three of the NFL? Yeah, there's a couple things that have been interesting. The winning, winning millionaire maker lineup so far this year, both slates was the running back position. And I know we talked about uh, on, the, on the preseason pod there, the first six winning millionaire maker lineups last year was the wide receiver position. So... Uh, maybe it was all random chance noise that six in a row were wide receiver, and then eight out of the next ten were running back, and you know, now two are first two are running back. I don't know what the odds of those things happening are. It's 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 pretty, uh, I would say, unexpected. I thought there was maybe some ex- explanation for it there, but uh, I guess maybe there's a little bit of explanation when you think about how much of a value Tart Cohen was week one, unexpected value, and then how much value C.J. Anderson was week two. I don't know if there's that much value this week at the running back position, like crazy value, like under 5,000 that, I mean, maybe besides from Isaiah Crowell, that is, is or maybe Amir Abdullah at 4,700, Isaiah Crowell 4,800, that you're just going to get like workhorse workload or, or just massive workload and... Uh, crush uh, i don't know frank gore against cleveland who who knows i mean it's it's i think if you're not playing i mean if you are playing this week my personal opinion if you're playing a running back in the flex you're probably going to need one of those super value plays and i just don't see it there so if you're playing a running back in the flex you probably should have frank gore or you know isaiah crowell or amir abdullah or maybe like theo riddick in your lineup uh, but outside of that i think i'm probably playing either a wide receiver inside in the flex most of my lineups this week. Um, of course, I could always be proven wrong, and uh, that that certainly happened in week one when uh, obviously Tart Cohen came out of nowhere. But you really need to find that guy that comes out of nowhere if you're going to want to play a running back in the flex. Uh, other things, bets here. I just have to kind of tout my record here a little bit. I, I called that under 39 in the Baltimore Cleveland game, did I not? Uh, it was 34, and. Um, it just you know two two offenses that are struggling, two defenses that have been very good. Uh, it just it just seems to be right. It just seemed to be right. I I, I missed the New England and uh, New Orleans under fifty five and a half by half a point, but later in the week it went up to fifty six and a half, fifty seven. I actually placed a bet on my bookie at fifty six and a half, so uh, I, I won that one. But this week, let, let's stop talking about all my 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 last week picks here. But this week. There's one that I really like, and that's the under in the New Orleans-Carolina game. I've talked about it a little bit, a little bit already this week, how I think Cam Newton might be over-owned and just because there's a lot of missing pieces there in Carolina, but also how Carolina's defense has been very good. New Orleans, I know they've, they've air quotes, struggled uh, because you know they've, they've lost both their games, but they certainly at least have put up some points, but I still think they could struggle, air quote, struggle against this, this Carolina. Carolina defense that's only allowed six points in total this year. That 47-point line, I kind of like So in terms of the under. So I'm probably going to go under Carolina and New Orleans this week, and uh, I think that definitely has some DFS implications there. 
Great snap nugget. Really quick. Uh, what are, I'm assuming that you're going to be taking the under again uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. This time, they're playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe the line is at 40. Are you going to be taking the under on that matchup as well? Yeah, I haven't looked into that one as much, obviously, because it's not on the main slate. Um, so uh, I, I haven't studied it too hard, but I think 40 is, is definitely interesting. Jacksonville struggled on offense. Baltimore has struggled on offense. I know they've they've scored some points, but a lot of that has been defensive points or being set up by field position from the defense. I think I I like the under there as well, but uh, I probably need to do a little more work on that one before I commit to that. But if I like the under on 39 on Cleveland and Baltimore, I probably like the under on 40 in Jacksonville, Baltimore. I think Jacksonville does move the ball a little bit, maybe a little bit better than Cleveland, especially with a rookie quarterback there. But Blake Bortles has been so bad that uh, you never know. But of course, if you're playing that slate, I mean, how can you again not play Baltimore if you're playing the uh, the slate with the London game there? It's just just uh, Baltimore again, just another uh, just another perfect situation for them. They could be like one of the first defenses to score like 60 DraftKings points in the first three weeks or something. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's one I want to throw out that I, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by. Um, I love the Chicago Bears at their current line of 7.5, plus 7.5 at home against the Pittsburghs. So I, I know it's coming up a week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to where they were absolutely routed. Um, they got in trouble early with Mike Glennon throwing a pick six and uh, turning the ball over. But, you know, week one against the Atlanta Falcons, against a team that I would say it's not that far off to say they are the best team, or at least appear to be the best team in the NFC East now with that uh, game against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I I think they, you know, the, the Chicago Bears played them very tough, um, and it's a difficult team. And with a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's traveling across the country, not across, traveling to Chicago, um, in a game to where they're going to have to score, the, you know, to, to beat this line, be oh, eight or more, um, they're in a spot to where they, they very normally struggle against teams as lowly as, you know, as much as we like him at Road of as the Cleveland Browns. They've had troubles um, even week one against the Cleveland Browns. Um, to give them seven and a half, I think the Chicago Bears, with this defense that um, should put up fairly decently with Le'Veon Bell and with Big Ben struggles, I think the Chicago Bears at plus seven and a half are a, a great bet. Very interesting. That's not one I've, I've considered. Um... But I, I certainly understand your points there, and I have no no argument against those. There's actually one more well, that I kind of want to throw out here, and I think this is kind of wild. But currently on mybookie.ag, uh, we have a line of 8.5 point favorite here for Green Bay. And I get there at home, but Cincinnati has played maybe two of the toughest defenses that they'll face all year, if not the two toughest defenses in Baltimore, who I've already mentioned in Week 1. And then Houston in week two. Green Bay does not pose that kind of defensive threat. Uh, We've seen Green Bay struggle already a little bit this year at times. Um, Obviously the Atlanta game. And then uh, I can't even remember who Green Bay played week one, but I don't think they uh, blew anybody out of the water uh, by any means. Yeah, the Seahawks. They they struggled. Uh, And Seahawks have a good defense. But they didn't blow them out of the water by any means. They certainly went under there as well. So the you know the over under I think is actually a pretty fair number under forty four and a half but I do think I like Cincinnati to make a more competitive game out of this than it, it should seem. Uh, I would really like if the line was maybe nine and get that extra half a point, but eight and a half right now on my bookie I'll I'll take it. 
That's really interesting because I think I'm I am full bore on the other side. But we'll have to maybe we'll have to make a bet on that. All right, all right. we're, we're going to make a bet against each other, Heath. We're going to uh, owe each other a beverage or something. Definitely, definitely. All right, I think that's going to do it for the show, Nick. Thanks everyone again for tuning in. Um, yep, you can find us on Twitter. Myself at Heath K H E I T H K. But you don't want to follow me. You want to follow Nick. It's at Rotodoc. If you're not already following him. Um, to, you know, NASCAR is going to be really big this weekend. I've heard from you with the, this is a big NASCAR Yeah, it's event, the right? Fantasy Racing World Championship. It's the main event on DraftKings for NASCAR. Uh, I'm the first person, tied first person ever to qualify for the main event three times. And now there's a, a third person that's joined, uh, the two of us that, that qualified in the first slate of the year for it. But, uh, yeah, it's a big weekend. It's actually a multi-week event. They're going to do some elimination format. So I got a lot of burying of my head into data that I have to do for NASCAR. But, uh, you know, NASCAR DFS is a is a fun sport, and it's just as fun as NFL DFS. And I'm really excited for both this weekend. So I hope you all have a, a fantastic NFL DFS weekend. And if you happen to play any of those other sports like NASCAR, I wish you luck there as well. Yeah, yeah, percent. So... If you're really into sports, it's going to be a big weekend for you. So, so yeah, uh, we will talk to you all next week for the uh, week four of the NFL. But to all of you, good luck this weekend. I hope you win lots and lots of cash if we don't win it ourselves. So, once again, you can find me on Twitter at HeathK and Nick at Rotodoc. We will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.